0: So good to see you. Here we are midweek, ready for 1 Corinthians 12. This one's more of a fun chapter than the others have been so far. And next week, we'll get to look at chapter 13, which is a nice break before we're slammed right into chapter 14. It's a difficult book. But as we stressed last week, this is an exceptionally difficult church in an exceptionally difficult city. And it is causing all kinds of headaches for Paul but he refuses to, to say that they are no longer Christian. He still holds on to them. And I think that there's a lesson there. You may be wondering where your place is in the church post COVID. You're wondering if where you went before is where you should go now, or if you go there, what role should you play? You know, how involved should you be in this or the other, or you may be questioning your value, your place, well, we are about finished with the three sermon series at Our Safe Harbor. Then you can, you know where to get us because you're watching this now. On being accepted and your identity in Christ, chapter 12 should help a bit with your identity in Christ. So let's let's just leap in there. Verse 12. Now concerning the gifts of the, of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed again, Paul is answering questions, assertions, and just bold statements that these people have sent him. We don't know what the original was, but it seems that they're asking him, what do we do with spiritual gifts and how do we regulate what happens when we all get into a group? And again, this was current. This wasn't Nashville, this wasn't London, this wasn't Vancouver Island. This is a different place. So let's give it a, pl- a little bit of room, uh, shall we, to breathe and say this belongs to Corinth, but we can learn from it. Remember, this was not written to us, but it was written for us and certainly saved for us. So the Old Testament, uh, rather I'm sorry, Old Testament, the Old King James Version had the best way of doing this when It started, now, I wouldn't have you ignorant, brethren, of... And the problem is that the way it was phrased by some preachers, it almost sounded like I wouldn't have you ignorant brethren. Oh, well, let's let's just hope that was an impression and not the reality. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Fair enough. Paul saying it's various mechanisms that got you to decide which idols you were going to worship. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now this, what's going on? This was a world full of prophets and prophecies. The Corinthians, as we said yesterday, the Gentile Christians came from several different areas, completely different cultures, completely different gods the jewish christians were uh, divided they were non-affiliated they were pharisaic they were uh, sadducee they all brought their stuff together too and then wrapped all around them streaming through every part of their workday sports events entertainments discussions in the um in the little plazas that they had where where roads came together they um they would they will all be full of prophets, all claiming to speak from God. A word. We're going to do a Monday morning message on this fairly soon, but a word. People who say, I just know it, should make you terrified. You should get away from these people. They'll say, I, um, God spoke to me, and he told me this, and I just know it. and And I'm supposed to believe it because you just know it there have been countless people slaughtered because they somebody thought i just know we're going to win this battle i know god is with us on this one we're going to really do i just feel it and then they're all dead this happens in science it happens in gambling places casinos i just know it i feel it in my heart or people that have a vast amount of disease in them will say, well, I just know I'm going to be fine. That's really not saying to God what Jesus said to God in the prayer in John 17. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Our feelings are not facts. And the more we feel them doesn't mean that they're more likely to come true there are going to be millions of people today buying scratch cards and lottery tickets because they just know this is the day. Be careful. And there were people in the church at Corinth just, God spoke to me and he said that that Jesus is cursed and, and that we are to follow this new guy. You might be thinking, how in the world? Well, many of them believed the Messiah had come. Messiah had died. He's resurrected. He'd gone up to heaven, and, and yet he had not come back for us. And so now God is sending a better Messiah. Yeah, there were things like that going on. You throughout all of history, you have had people that'll say, "Well, I'm Jesus. Come back to do it right this time." Whether it's uh, Sun Young Moon of the Unification Church, or whether it is some guy just leading a cult of 20 people, be very, very, very careful but he also goes further and he says if anybody says Jesus is Lord the Holy Spirit gave that to them now this has caused no end of trouble for those that uh, I spoke about recently who said that the Holy Spirit can only work throughout the word he never works and here's the magic phrase separate and apart from the word we're just not given that kind of information, and we should not be making those kind of broad statements. It's just wrong. It just is wrong. Jesus will work the way he wants to work in the Holy Spirit too. And Paul says, if somebody is speaking the truth, they're speaking it through the, the power of the Holy Spirit, because all truth belongs to God. All truth. That's why the search for truth, whether in theology, archaeology, in evolutionary microbiology, wherever it is, if people are looking for truth, I support them. Because when truth is found, God is the author of truth. Conversely, we know that the Bible says that Satan is the father of lies. So somebody says something true, we're going to honor it. Then he starts talking about the gifts. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everything, it's the same God at work. Can can we just talk about classism and prestige and social strata? Just for a moment. That was ruling the place here in Corinth. It was ruling the church because it ruled their reality. The bling was real. I was reading a magazine this last week yeah i'd like it like in like a neanderthal i still read some magazines um physical magazines with paper oh no and one page was for uh, this really gaudy watch they're selling it now this particular company sells very inexpensive one might even say poorly made at times watches that look like really fancy watches. And there are several companies that have made quite the living off of doing this. I looked at it and I thought, yeah, I want to spend $70 so that when people see me, it's just screams, rob this man. Why would you put this on? Well, they were blinging it out and they were, they were doing it not only with that, you know, the jewelry and the like, but also with the gifts that they had, their spiritual gifts and their fields, all the fields. They were doing it with their food in the last chapter we saw. It's, it was just a circus. And Paul is saying, listen, the one who's picking up the trash and who's gifted at cleaning, that person is gifted by God. The same God that maybe have gifted you to preach or gifted you to sing gifted you in any other way all gifts come from god therefore we should not be bragging we should not be going well you know i my gift is you should tone it down because everything comes from god i've always had a very soft voice uh this is me yelling you know if i was falling off of a cliff this would be how loud i'd be yelling on the way down i probably wouldn't even be doing that because I'm really quick to understand the situation. So I think I would just be enjoying the view because yelling is not going to cushion the fall. Regardless, I I just don't have a strong voice. And there are times in my life there, especially after Cammie and I were first married, there were a few years there where uh, allergies took my voice and I would have zero voice for weeks, not even a whisper. It was frustrating, it was frightening. I'm very, very aware that what I do to spread Jesus can be taken away very quickly. My allergens or by, uh, by act of God, you know, it, it can go away. I'm very aware that when I get in a car, I have no, no guarantee that I'm going to survive the journey. I'm okay with that, I get that. And Paul is saying, in all of your life, Give glory to God for everything you have and everything you can do because it all comes from God. It's all a gift. At our Safe Harbor Church at the soundstage where people gather uh, in person uh, to make this video that goes out to all the world, literally now, it has been a joy to watch people step up. And there are some of our young people uh, that man the coffee station. And that is their job, and they are so excited, and they want to get there early, and they take care of it. And there are others of our children that, after we do the little COVID communion cups, ours are better. Ours have, we we have um, we have extra nice ones, so it actually feels like you're doing communion. But afterward, there are a couple of kids that jump up, and while I'm speaking, or while there's a song going on. They are, they're going around collecting the cups and they are happy to do it. And you know something? The smile on their faces shows that they are using their gift at that time for God. And it is very much as valuable and as valid as any other gift in the room. Not higher, not lower. I do believe that God has already given them many other gifts and he will elevate them from this gift to do other things in his kingdom. But for right now, they're just real happy to do this. Makes me happy too. Everyone, not each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Very important. Every gift we are given is for the whole body of Christ. Not just for us. Therefore, if my gift is singing, which all of you know it is not, but if my gift is singing, I need to be sure that what I am singing is a gift to the room and not a, look at me, the talented singer. The same with preaching, the same with anything else. All to the glory of God for the common good. So uh, we sang the blessing um, a couple months ago now. And if you've watched on YouTube, this has become quite the the phenomena and, and I'm really glad it has. So you'll hear the blessing sung in Japan or Thailand or in Germany. Uh, I, of course, my favorite one's the one that was done in Scotland, and they do Gaelic in the, in the first part of the song. Gaelic. Well, I love I love Gaelic, and and I have Gaelic as we would see, uh, and so I love to listen to it. I love to to sing in it and write it and whatever else it can do. So uh, they asked. They said, "Well, could you do the first verse in Gaelic?" Uh, They they said Gaelic. I thought about it and thought about it. And I decided instead to do the the words that are given about the blessing of God to you and such, non-singing before the song, and to tell people that's what was happening. And so it was probably less than a minute's worth. I felt that there's a fine line there where it goes from being of interest to the crowd to being a look at me. And I wanted not to cross that line. Hope I drew it in the right place. To one there is given through the spirit, again reminding where you get it from, the spirit of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by the the means of the same spirit. You'll hear people refer to, they've got a a word of knowledge from the Lord. Well, you've only got a word of knowledge from the Lord if others back it up. And here's where we get in danger because we tend to clump with people that are about in our same demographic. Maybe we're all white in this particular age bubble, going to the same church, reading the same books, gathering together in the same place. And then we have the end up, four or five or six of us have the same word of knowledge and we assume, well, that just confirms it. Um, It confirms you have shared and common experience. But whether this comes from the lord or not can only be known when it's offered to the larger community so and and don't assume it's a word from the lord until the larger community has a has a voice in the matter what's the difference between wisdom and knowledge have been asked wisdom is how i'm gonna do it the other way knowledge is what you know and all right it's not a, I just know it's these are facts facts, figures. You've done the work. You've read the book. This is what you know. Wisdom is how you use what you know. There are many people that have degrees in really difficult subjects and therefore they have a ton of knowledge, but they have zero common sense. And that's not endemic. I'm just saying there are examples of that. We also have people who never made it past elementary school who everything they do and say around people is just full of wisdom so do not confuse the two and do not assume that because you have one of these gifts you have the other i have quite a lot of knowledge i've read an awful lot i still read a lot it's what i do for fun that does not mean that everything that i say and do think and decide is wise I need to understand that wisdom very often is a function of the community. But pick your community wisely. If your community is throwing rocks and stealing things, that's not a wise community. So to another is given through the spirit, a message of wisdom and knowledge. but means of the same spirit to another faith by the same spirit? Yeah, there are people who have a gift of purer, stronger faith than I think I'll ever have. As I told you in a recent Monday morning message, I think every preacher feels like a fraud sometimes and has to think, why do I believe? and has to go through all of this stuff again. I've met preachers who have told me, like Billy Graham, I didn't meet him, but they, like he, said that they never had one single doubt from the first time they gave their life to Jesus. Now, I don't understand how that's possible, but I believe them. They have no reason to be lying about such a thing. Then even though I cannot comprehend it, it doesn't mean that that doesn't exist. And I, I talk to God and say, I kind of wish I was one of those guys, but he knows not all of his kids are the same. And he loves us all the same though. So I may be God's problem child, but he treats me awfully nice. And I really appreciate that. So faith if you have great faith, don't diss others for not. You, where'd you get that faith? It wasn't your intellectual prowess? It was a gift of God, and to another healing by that one spirit. can okay, you know that's that's been given. Some people fits and they'll say, "But you know, this church over here claims that they can do healings." And if you remember in the Americas, um, when was that really? Like, was that like thirties, forties, and fifties? Did it go much beyond that like the 60s where you had tent meetings and there'd be healing at the tent meetings that, that could still be going on i just haven't heard of one for quite a while you know billy graham and oral roberts both started out as healers and billy graham moved more to speaking uh, and and having just evangelistic meetings the um, people would go and and i've sat with people who will never love god and refuse to believe in god because they went from healer to healer and did everything the healers told them to do. And the healers claimed a miracle and they went out in the wheelchair. They went out blind. Do I believe that God still heals, he heals people? Oh, yeah, I, I do. But in his time, in his way, when he wishes, God's not a cosmic vending machine that we can put in three prayers, get out one healing. We pray for healing. We pray. I do. For my friends who have cancer, for my friends who are heal are, are, are suffering from abuse in their past or whatever it is, but also say a couple of other things. Nevertheless, not thy will, not my will, but thine be done. And then the second thing is um, help me love and serve the person even when they're not healed. Keep me focused on what they need instead of my frustration that they're not healed but there are people that their presences are healing have you ever noticed somebody that could brighten a room just believing it well these are the other people when they come in you relax you're more joyful you feel safer everything's going to be okay this person is here we have found that there are certain people that when they go and visit you in the hospital your immune system just works a little better for a while your blood pressure goes down or if it's too low it comes back up to where it needs to be there's a re- just in their presence of christ now when they leave you're not following them your cancer's not gone you didn't grow your leg back or whatever but you did get better And there are other people who heal churches Heal relationships, heal broken marriages. So let's not discount a gift there. To another, miraculous powers. You know, I'm not so sure. I've seen a person who's been given that warrant in recent decades, centuries, maybe. But I've not been around for much of that, and I've not traveled the world. You know, I've traveled my bets of the world. World's a big place. I think it's 197 countries. I've not been to a lot of those. And so I cannot speak authoritatively. I can just say that every miraculous healer I've ever seen who promotes himself that way has been shown to be a fraud. And I think we need to be very careful. What does God give in terms of miraculous powers and when? i don't i'm not sure he gives it to one person for their life but it could be that somebody pulls off something because god wants it pulled off and they're the person there and god gifts them i know i'm circling a dead horse here so i'll move on to another prophecy and prophecy here is not necessarily talking about the future The word prophecy in scripture almost always means public declaration of faith in Christ and why we believe. So it's preaching. It's public teaching. If you actually do a word count and you do all of this work, you'll find that even the prophets of the Old Testament spent about 25% of their time on the future. The rest of it was talking about now, calling people to live righteous lives, in the here and now some are gifted that way some are are not and i've had people who insisted that they were and they just were not i insisted i was not and god keeps saying that i am i have fought god every step of the way i would really love to serve god by doing something that isn't public speaking because it still terrifies me but and by the way what i say terrifies others so i guess it's all fair Uh, you, You take what you're given as a gift and you do it because it's not given to you for you. It's given to you for him. He does not give you the gift you want. He gives you the gift he needs for the common good. To another, distinguishing between spirits. You know, that's a real issue. Sometimes people have a really great idea or I'll have a really great idea and I'll wonder, did that come from God? Or did that come from the enemy? I'm not really sure which one is actually wanting me to move right now because I don't see the pitfalls. I don't see the future. And so I have a group of people. and They're all over. And I'll email them and say, here's the situation. I'm not sure whether this is of God or not. I did that with the formation of our Safe Harbor Church. I fought it for two months saying, no, no, this will never work. I am too old to lead such a thing. Who am I to? I was willing to go m- floors at Walmart if that paid the bills. I was offered positions, um, a chair of psychology, a, a dean position in another uh, universities. I was offered offered ministry jobs in three different denominations, including Churches of Christ. And I was going, you know, I, I I'm, this is new to me. I have no idea. I sent it out and it came back do it so we're doing it and hope this is of God it has been blessed of God I will tell you that this has been amazing And if you want to jump on something which is moving at high speed for Jesus this would be a good place to jump on Uh, I need people to help me discern spirits to another speaking in different kinds of tongues and I like the way the NIV does it here In different kinds of tongues is trying to translate the word here. The word here is not unknown tongue, as in not known on earth. The old phrasing unknown tongue meant a tongue, a language they had not studied. If you notice the first time this shows up is in Acts 2, where when the Holy Spirit descends upon them, tongues like as of fire are on their head and they're preaching to the crowd, the people's response is not, we're hearing unknown tongues. It is, how is it that we're all hearing in the tongue in which we were born? They heard language, their language. And this gift was given to people so that the gospel could be shared as people are scattered by the mission of Christ, by commerce, by the fall of Jerusalem, by Roman persecution. As we're scattering, we're going into areas where we don't speak the language. How do we speak for Christ? And some people had the gift to speak languages they had never studied. That's what the words mean. Now, if you have an experience of an ecstatic utterance, which is not of this world, I'm not going to question you. I'm not going to tell you you're a sinner. What I'm just gonna bring up is that's not what is spoken of here. To another, the interpretation of tongues. They can not only hear and tell you, but they can also read and tell you. They can interpret a language they've never studied. My wife and I, this is just an aside, we stream all of our TV and we watch, uh, our two favorite streaming services are Acorn and BritBox. And of course, those are all British, and ACORN does a lot of Australian, New Zealand, Norwegian, Danish, I mean, a lot of uh, Nordic countries and Germanic countries as well. And so we're watching one now, a document, uh, rather a, um, a drama that is mainly in Welsh and I don't speak a word of Welsh. And so we have English subtitles up. It is fascinating though to listen and to hear some cognates, that's words that are like words in other languages that you do know I would love just to be able to walk in and speak it there were some that could I would love to be able to sit down and read it there were some that were given that power all of these are the work of one and the same spirit and he distributes them to each one just as he determines not as you want but as he needs What happens if God's needs change in a certain situation as that situation becomes fluid and changes? God can remove gifts and reapply them. I have found, however, that God is not capricious about such things. He doesn't say, all right, Patrick, you're done now. Don't really need you here. You did a good job, so your gift is gone. I have found that he very often moves us to a place where we can still use our gift, uh, even if not at such a grand scale what a blessing. Just as a body, the one, has many parts, but all of its many form, parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit, so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free. We were all given the one spirit to drink, but the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Well, a lot of this is going to be rather self-explanatory. So we're not going to dissect the rest of the chapter in detail. We're gonna kind of fly over it a bit. What you need to know is this, you are not a vestigial organ. I'll explain. The American Medical Association put out back in the 1920s, a brochure uh, explaining that, you know, these are the vestigial organs, the organs that we needed at some time in our evolution That we do not need now now for example uh and there were there are about 40 organs listed there the appendixes and tonsils those are the ones everybody thinks of because until the really the, the 70s it was routine just take out the tonsils just take out the appendix when both of them we have found out really have jobs Tonsils are a good part of the immune system. Now, when they are, have spent themselves on behalf of the person uh, and become an issue, then they need to be removed. No question. But they're not vestigial. They had a they had a place. The appendix uh, has has roles in digestion and regulation. If you need it out, then it's got to go out. But in, until and unless, leave it there. In our ears, this outer ear there are tiny muscles, uh, most of them just one or two strands. And for years, scientists said that this was a vestigial from the days where we need to perk up our ears when we heard a sound. And since we don't anymore, that's going away. Um, now that's been pretty much dismissed because we find when people have a stroke, if you wheel them outside when it's cold because they want some fresh air, they can get frostbitten here because those muscles just move enough to keep some blood moving. They don't do it terribly efficient, if I'm being honest. So don't leave grandma out on the porch too long. You know, be, you wrap the ears too. But there were several of these. Um, and some people think they're just a vestigial organ in the church. They have no place, no job here, except to warm a pew, sitting on the premises rather than standing on the premises. No. There are parts of the body, Paul says, that are not as valued as other parts. You know, we might look at a beautiful woman and say, look at that! Be- look at her beautiful eyes, look at her beautiful hair. We might look at a beautiful man, you know, a handsome man and say, look at his musculature, look at that strong jaw. You know, those things we will look at, but we rarely say things like, you know, the little toenail on that person, woo. Little toenails aren't that impressive. You know, sometimes women and girls will paint them, so we know they're there. But over time, that little toenail just becomes stranger. We rarely talk about different parts of the body that we don't value as much. We cover them. That's okay. But Paul said those parts of the body are just as needed as the ones that get all the star attention. Well, that means you. Maybe you, you might think, I, I don't have the gift of prophecy and I'm not a wise person and I didn't go to school much. I don't have a lot of knowledge. I, I don't see where God could use me. You know, it'd be easy to leap into hyperbole here. I would just put it this way. Some of a large percentage of, the best servants of Christ I've ever met were people that could have been described as you just described yourself. It was Jesus shining through their eyes and their smile and their gentle acts of kindness that did more than the preacher had done for me. I've said many times, and I'll say it again, I, I remained in the faith as long as I did, and I stuttered and st- had to start and stuttered and started and we've we've gone over the stories before but I really am here in part because of stories and pictures I was allowed to color and they were all given to me by white-haired ladies in damp church basements and they told me stories and I got to color stories and I got to make things about stories The preaching, I don't remember more than one or two sermons from being a kid. I I remember some of the songs, remember a couple of the sermons that had really interesting titles or they had a sheet behind them back in the pre-PowerPoint days. Well, the guy would whack it with a stick and I remember some of the scary pictures on the sheet. But that's not what kept me. It was those old ladies relegated to the basement to teach the little sweaty, stinky kids. They may not have thought they had much in the way of a gift, but wow, they did. Other people are so gifted in so many other things. I don't want to belabor the point. Your gift is exactly what God needs you to have. And if you don't know what your gift is, I'm not really sure. You know, It's fine to go to one of these seminars where you search out your spiritual gift. I don't know how valid they are uh, because I've not read all their literature. What I will tell you is that I truly believe in God and that God is tough enough and wise enough and loving enough to make sure you're, you're doing it. You're doing what you're supposed to do. Somebody gave me the greatest compliment this last week. They said that I have the gift of treating every person in front of me as if they were the center of the universe. I need to hasten to add that I do not deserve that compliment, but it was one of the kinder things anybody could have said. You may have a gift which you think is terribly minor, but if you treated every person in front of you as if they were the center of the universe, God would find a way to use your gift to his advantage and it would be a beautiful thing. So verse 27, as we close this, you are the body of Christ and each one of you is part of it. And God has placed in the church, first of all apostles, second prophets, third teachers or preachers, teachers, then miracles and gifts of healing, of helping of guidance of different kinds of tongues are all apostles are all prophets or all teachers. Do all work miracles do all have gifts of healing do all speak in tongues do all interpret that's supposed to be a rhetorical question it's also supposed to be the end of the chapter but whoever divided them into chapters didn't hit the dot right there we don't all have the same gift and thank god for that i have a like i said a lot of degrees behind me but the list of things i can't do is massive So I call the plumber, I call the contractor, I call my physician, I call a friend who knows what to do about microphones as we're trying to find a way to record these better and stronger for you, because I'm, I'm not all gifted. I'm quite gifted in a very narrow place, but that seems to be where God wants me. Whatever your gifts are, use them for Jesus. You don't have to see any results. Results are his business. It'll be done. The chapter ends the way it's divided now by really introducing the gift we should be going for. All of us. He says, now eagerly desire the greater gifts. And he talks about love. That's next week. God bless you. If you have questions, patrick at rsafeharbor.com. Those of you that are supporting us financially, God bless you. What a gift you've given.